and I've got out of the habit of looking to other people for accountability I was always one of those going oh I want an accountability partner no <laughs> just crack on and do what needs doing just because someone sat next to you doesn't make the work any more difficult or time consuming or easy or whatever power to live more with Joe Dodds Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. Today Joe's interviewing Colette Mason. Joe and Colette met when they were both supporting at an event and they separately met again at an internet marketer's lunch. They keep in touch via social media and a mutual friend. Colette loves to help budding authors succeed. She's a corporate land escapee and these days she works privately with motivated clients who are serious about living up to their potential and relish the prospect of becoming a published author. She helps them create detailed book outlines, supports them as they write their first draft and with the help from her team of expert editors, she publishes a high quality book which meets traditional publishing standards without the restrictions and hassles that come with signing your ideas away to someone else. Back to studio. Today I'm interviewing Colette Mason of letstellyourstory.com. So hi Colette, thanks for joining me. Hi there. So we've known each other for ages and I we actually have a mutual friend and I couldn't remember when I knew that he was going to be seeing you how we knew each other but then I did a bit of social media tracking down <laughs> and yes. worked out that we completely randomly knew each other separately to the Kent thing which is what I thought because you're not from Kent yes. at all are you? <laughs> no I'm not no. no. <laughs> so uh, yeah so it was great to sort of reconnect via someone else and uh, and invite you on the show so tell us a bit more about who you are what you do and where you do it. Okay, um, my name is Colette, as, as Joe's mentioned. Um, I live in London, uh, inside the M25, the bullseye of the dartboard of the world, as I like to call it. Mm. And uh, I'm a, a massive nerd. I'm really into my music. I particularly like cars and doing road trips. So you'll often see me uploading a picture of me doing things. And when I'm not doing fun stuff, I also help. That makes it sound boring, doesn't it? When I'm not <laughs> doing fun stuff, I also help people create nonfiction books and um, and how they can package up their expertise and help more people really that's what I get quite excited about work-wise. Lovely and where do you work do you have a home office do you work out and about in that car? <laughs> um, a bit of both um, it is uh, I, I, I tend to just sit on the settee in the lounge which isn't really a good idea I do need to sort out a better place to do work I did have a desk and then it sort of got covered with books and gadgets and leads and stuff and now it just looks like <laughs> Yeah, doesn't look like a desk anymore. So I've got to, I've got to resurrect that at some point. Um, and sometimes I go to coffee shops, um, you know, because I kind of like having other people around me. It can be a bit isolating at home. Uh, you know, over over time, it gets a bit lonely. So I, I nip out and people watch and things. Yeah. Um, and, and that sort of thing. Sometimes I go around people's houses and, and we sort of blitz something together as well. I do a bit of that. So that's yeah. how it works. Um, I did try having a, an office, but 
and it didn't really work out. It, I didn't use it enough, so uh, mm. I came back home to the settee. Mm. <laughs> I think you've probably been the most honest of my guests mentioning your settee because I'm sure a lot of us, I certainly work all around my house in, in all sorts of different places, um, but I suppose if I was officially asked, I wouldn't always admit to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have an armchair in my office, so I have to uh, say that I do end up sitting on that quite a lot as well. <laughs> it's all about what works for you isn't it yes yes I think one thing I have done that might be different to other people is because I'm a bit nerdy um I've got like an inverter for my car so I can charge my laptop up in the car with the three-point socket and uh so I can actually last 48 hours with all my batteries and stuff I can last 48 hours without seeing a power socket so that's I'm always thinking I should sit in my tent in a forest somewhere and do very creative deep thinking work and write it down um but I haven't got round to that yet but yeah that's that's the big plan you know with my mobile power supplies you know (laughs) well I spent a lot of time in my caravan this summer using solar uh power uh using my inverter so that worked well and at Christmas I launched a uh a course an online course pretty much written whilst we traveled to and from skiing so I did say that ideally I could do with a a long distance lorry driver friend and I could just sort of sit in the cab driving around the country (laughs) getting my work done So, so we've got lots in common. Maybe we should go on a road trip. Yeah, I've got, I've got a slow cooker for the car. I've gone pretty full on in the car. <laughs> oh, you're fitting me there. Ah, yeah. quite sad, isn't it? Still, there we are. <laughs> Brilliant. So, tell us a bit about why you do what you do, because you're doing different stuff, I think, to when we first met. And a bit like me, I guess you've probably had a, a few iterations. So, tell me more about why you do what you do. Yeah, I've had lots of iterations. I've only had like a permanent job for 11 months since 1996. So I've done lots of different things. I wasn't chained to the usual model, which was great. It gave me a lot of variety. And what I'm helping people with these days is helping them publish their books. Um, I'm a bit of a stickler. I only help up to 10 people a year because it's quite a personal commitment for me and the person and I always want to make sure that whatever we do is just as good as if you've gone to a traditional publisher I think a lot of people think you're a bit of a loser if you self-publish your book and quite frankly most of the people are losers who self-publish their book because they (laughs) they don't you know it's like oh well I make a fish finger sandwich for lunch that's fine for you personally but it's not necessarily what you should give other people to showcase your ability as a chef kind of thing and I think um, a lot of people kind of get the book out there and it's a bit uh, not very I'll paraphrase not very good uh, because they've, they've never done it before and they make rookie mistakes and it ends up oh, I'll fix it on the second edition uh, you can't really do that with a book you know it's um it's got to be right first time and everybody else does it right first time and unfortunately you have to do the same thing so it was like well how can I help people do it quickly and well without them wanting to stab themselves in the eyes um and that's how I started I did my own first book back in 2011 because I'm a bit nerdy And I was interested in working out, well, how does this work? It's got to be like printing something out of my printer at home or printing um, business cards. You know, it's got to be something like that. So how do I actually make a book in a physical format? So I started off with my own and then I got some crazy friends who seem to have lots of information kicking around on their hard disk. And I said, why don't we turn that into a thing? And they're going, well, they swore at me and I went, no, we're still (laughs) going to turn it into a thing. Um, And both of those went on to do pretty well. One was about Egyptology and one was about the safe, you know, safe and healthy way to keep chickens around your house and be a bit of a small holder. So very different 
topics. So those are the first two that I did probably in about 2012 they came out and then it festered for a bit because I thought do I really want to do this? I've done two. I've kind of stuck my flag in the top of Everest. You know the, the personal glory is gone. Do I still want to do this or do I want to do something else? But I but I stuck with it and I've done um, I did 13 books in the last 15 months which is probably why I've got a twitch and a nervous condition. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do this because it's worth seeing what it can do for other people. I don't I don't do them for myself anymore. But I do them mm -hmm. for how the, the other person feels. That's that's mm. the good bit. Some of them fill up a little bit. They have a bit of allergy issues when the book arrives in the post because they're so proud of themselves for finishing it. And I guess that's the ultimate. The, the nub of why I do it now is to help them be the best they can be, not in that way, but in a you know in a really good way so they can help more people. Yeah, yeah. So it strikes me from what you said that some of what you do is about making it sort of work for you in terms of, you know, all that variety and yeah. so on. How, how do you how do you make that happen? You've, you've, you've already said you put some boundaries around how many books you can actually or how many people you can work with to create those books. How do yeah. you you know, I know you have quite an active life in terms of your uh, interest so how do you balance the two how do you all oh, I, I, I don't I always hate balance I don't know why I come up with it it's like one of those words that you think you should use but actually I don't ever think it's a balance I think it's an integration mm. <laughs> so how do you sort of prioritize what you're doing between um, that work and what you want to do in your your life as well you know you're, you're traveling around with your with your inverter <laughs> and your slow cooker um <laughs> Basically, um, I'd manage it really badly, um, very, very, very badly. Uh, I get burnt out. I do too much. I have to have a rest. I hate having a rest. I want to do more. And I get in a vicious circle. Um, I'm very conscious that you don't live for very long. Um, that's one thing that makes me use all the time that I've got as best as I can. I, I don't want, I'm not one of those people. I'll burn your TV. I'm not one of those people. If you want to watch a documentary and learn something, then do it. But don't just watch a science fiction box set for 40 hours. It's not necessarily the best use of your life. So I am super busy and I just try and make it be the best it can possibly possibly be. Um, I get variety from the work because books include lots of things. There's design, there's a bit of mentoring and um, putting, you know, putting the arm around the shoulder of somebody or kicking them up the backside to get something finished. So there's a lot of variety in, in that bit of work rather than if mm. I was building a database or something. Uh, yeah, there's not much variety in that. But whereas books has got a lot more scope for variety. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the reasons why I thought I would pick it. But um, I don't really have any leisure time. I'm lucky that I love computers. So actually doing what I do feels like a break, fortunately. Um, but I want to do less. That's why I've dropped down to 10 books a year and why I'm doing group coaching now. So I can help I can help more than 10 people and I can get my life back. Um, so mm -hmm. I might drop 10 down to five. Um, we'll see. Um, I'm in the lucky position that I don't have to work anymore if I don't want to. I've got uh, people call it, well, we'll call it F off money. I'll paraphrase. So if I don't want to do something, if I want to take a short break, then I can, although I've never kind of mastered that yet. I still keep doing 18 hour days and getting a bad cough. Um, so. <laughs> mm. yeah. It does strike me that whilst you say you manage it badly, there's quite a lot of intentionality behind what you're doing and how you're organising Oh yes. time. Mm. Yes yes I'm one of those people who uses Trello I use Asana I use lots of tools to 
track what I'm doing, make sure they get done. A, to free up my own head, because once you've written it down, it's not blocking up your head and you can make better decisions with the, the, with the task in hand. And also it holds me accountable and stops me from drifting. And I've got out of the habit of looking to other people for accountability. I was always one of those going, oh, I want an accountability partner. No, <laughs> just crack on and do what needs doing. Just because someone sat next to you doesn't make the work any more difficult or time consuming or easy or whatever. You've just got a mascot sat next to you effectively. So just get rid of the mascot and do the work. And that was quite a revelation for me. It was like, well, mm. if you want to do it, you do it. And if you don't, well, that's your fault, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's harsh, but yeah. Mm. I've got Mm. so how do you reconcile that sort of flexibility with that structure because I'm quite similar as well I think I have a lot of structure to, to what I do but I also do I feel quite often I make things up as I go along but that's just a, a sort of um, self-deprecating sort of comment for for actually being intentional as you've said about what I want to do and doing the things that I want to do uh, so how um, when you're a flexible person how do you how do you sort of reconcile using those structures? Um, one of the things is I book a lot of things in advance. So I've already got like four holidays. They sound really exotic. One's on a coach holiday, but I've got four holidays booked up for the next six months. So then I've got to have a break then because it's booked in and it's paid for. And I can tell everyone I'm disappearing then, you know, uh, I'm going to go and do something fun. So that's one thing that I use. Yeah. Um, Another thing is if I don't like doing something, I try and do it as quickly as possible so that I can then go and do something fun. And I use the fun thing as a reward. Um, and I get a lot of I get a lot of a kick of out of being productive. So um, I quite enjoy getting things finished and crossed off. And that in it, in and of itself is an, a nice feeling to have. Um, so mm. that's oh, another thing is I've, that might be useful is I've swapped my time around completely. So people look at me like I've, I'm possessed or something, but I go to bed at about half seven at night and I get up at four in the morning so I can be up at four, watch a little bit of Coronation Street, do a stretch, two things at once. And then I'll go to the gym. I'm back at seven o'clock. So I've got a lot of that kind of fitness and balance in life stuff done before, even before 7am in the morning. Yeah. And then if I get blown a bit off course in the day, I've still done some quite good things um, yeah. Before, before the day's over. So that's it. Yeah. But people in the summer, that's pretty hard going to sleep when it's light. But now it's getting darker in the evenings. It's not so much of a burden. Mm. Going to play. But at night, I just want to eat, drink, have cheese and biscuits, watch a load of duff stuff on the TV. So I just make, I just make myself be asleep then because then I can't be wasting time with empty evening stuff. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Not something I could ever do, go to bed that early, but I do love the concept of um, sort of displacement activity in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really yeah. have anybody to look after. I've got no kids or anything like that. I've got a husband, but I've got no kids. So I can do whatever I like. He can do whatever he likes um, in his own time sort of thing. So I haven't got that. I haven't got anybody else's structure like school run or something influencing what I have mm. to do when. Mm. Yeah. So you've talked about some uh, apps around things like Asana and so on. What what other tools and apps do you use being a bit of a, a techie geek, as you said? So uh, <laughs> there should be a list yes. here, should there? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I should, I've got about 250 apps on the phone. It's my... my yes, like mine. <laughs> um, so what have I got here that's pretty useful tools-wise? Um, 
I've been using Zapier quite a bit. Uh, I've got the paid version so I can chain multiple things together. So that's quite cool because I did try using an assistant uh, and lovely as the assistant was, it, it was always a, it felt like a weak link. I wasn't sure I'd picked exactly the right person for the role or maybe there were several roles and one person couldn't do all of it. Perhaps there was a bit of that. So I started looking at how I could automate stuff uh, and not rely on a person. And Zappy has been really good for that. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and LastPass, LastPass has been another one that I use a lot for sharing passwords with with people. That's been another yeah. really good a good tool. Um, I use an app. On, I've got an Android phone these days. I used to have an iPhone, but I use a tool called AppBlock, which lets me say how many minutes a day I can use different applications for. So if I'm going to be traveling on a train and having a bit of fun, I might let myself have two hours of Facebook a day. But I'll, I've knocked that down for like an hour a day. I'll do 15 minutes of BBC News a day. So I've I've stopped myself wasting time on the phone and I've called some of my groups on the phone time waster and all the things that are time sinks, all those apps live in there. And I've made it pink. I'm not very girly. So I've made the icon, you know, the, the group pink. Yeah. So I really don't want to click on it. And that's <laughs> been pretty good for productivity. It's a bit out there, I know. But that's been quite useful. Um, yeah. And I got a tablet. Another thing I did was um, I got a tablet. So um, if the phone's a bit small for doing work on and a computer means you can get sucked into doing full on work. So having a tablet meant I had a big enough screen to be able to work, but I couldn't do everything. So I had to keep delegating. Yeah. And I couldn't I couldn't say, oh, I know how to do it best. I'm going to do all of it. Although you can't with the tablet because you're a bit hobbled. Although I've, I've got a workaround. I can take remote control of my computer using TeamViewer so I can access all my stuff if I needed to and just leave the computer on at home. But that's been quite a useful little tool for productivity and still getting things done. I can give people feedback, but I can't be at the coalface. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great idea, idea as you say, to be connected. Uh, well, yeah, in some ways we might be twins. <laughs> I've done a similar <laughs> thing for the, for the same reason. Got a, a big screen on my phone and then realised it wasn't quite big enough and did the same. Got the, the um, iPad and uh, tend to use that as much as possible and only use the laptop for the things that absolutely can't be done on the, the, yes. the um, iPad. But yeah, just to think about it in terms of what needs to then be delegated actually is the next step on so I'll be thinking on thank you <laughs> so um so yeah you talked about um other people helping you to get stuff done and and um Zapier um or Zapier or however we all pronounce it uh, is something I use as well and do you use IFTTT as well I have done yes um mm -hmm. but I, I I kind of liked using Zapier because it integrated with more things like yeah Personally, Zero drives me round the bend, the accountancy software. I find it desperately difficult to use because I don't really understand accountancy lingo and all. So I thought, great, I understand Zapier. I could use a tool that's going to help me put my expenses in onto the software. So that was another thing about it as well. You learned how to use that one tool and you could save doing boring stuff with a lot of other tools that you didn't really mm. like very much. I don't like going in. I only check my emails once a day. People are mm. horrified at that. And I look at some other people's phones and it bings all the time. I think, how do you live like that? How do you live? I can be talking to someone for 10 minutes and they've had 15 bings on the phone. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd just jump under a bus. I think to hell with it all. Yeah. Um, so that was another good way. It, it meant I didn't have to keep checking all these different places and doing boring admin and getting boring, important notifications. It all went to Slack and stuff like that. So I could mm. cut out if I could automate doing stuff that winds me up. That was that was kind of cool, too. Yeah, 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 I love it. 
So tell us a bit more about your self-care and, and how you look after yourself. You already talked about um, getting up to exercise, well, not getting up to exercise, getting up so that you can exercise before you do everything else. <laughs> um, yes. What? Uh, and you obviously you're going to bed early enough to do that. Some people end up going to bed later and getting up earlier and sort of cutting the sleep out in order to get more done. You're, you've swapped it around so that that isn't the case. How 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 do you prioritise that looking after yourself a bit? Um, I used to be very good at it. Um, I did a lot of courses on personal development and I became an NLP practitioner, all that kind of thing. Um, and I used to put quite a lot of effort into looking after myself. And then it sort of fell apart um, because uh, I was looking after an older parent. And those of you who've got older parents who keep falling over and bits of them breaking, um, that suddenly becomes your priority in life, whether you like it or not. And that a massive wrecking ball through what I was doing I was able to do 100 mile bike rides I was moving 30 tons in an hour down the gym and I was getting really quite fit and everything and then this older parent thing happened and you know mum lived a long way away from me so at the drop of a hat you'd be going 150 miles trying to sort something out so that was really that kind of put a bit of a wrecking ball but that's you know in a good and a bad way I don't have that situation anymore so I can now mm. look after myself again so um I've got stretching apps on the phone. They're quite good. Um, so I can just, it just makes me do so. When I'm watching my Coronation Street, I can still, because I know I know all of the characters look like and all the interiors in great detail. So I don't look, need to look at the screen very much. So I could be stretching then. And I think, you know, because I am, you know, I'll be 50 next year. So I am starting to get a bit more inflexible. So that's been quite good. Um, and then I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty resilient person, naturally. I let a lot of things go. I, I try not to get too – I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I will not let that slip. Uh, but most things, I will just let it go, even like the death of a parent. It's like, well, yeah, you are where you are. There's no point festering over it. I'm quite weird in that way, I suppose. Not everybody feels that way. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. I just I just try and be super – not in a denying everything way, but just being super resilient. And, okay, well, some bad things have happened. Let's book some fun things in to do instead, and let's look at the good things in life. I'm very – I tend to look at yeah, being positive, and other people come to me because I'm quite good at flipping a negative situation around and making yeah. it look good and get the best the best out of it, or just kicking people at the back side and saying, <laughs> you know rip the plaster off get it done and then relax yeah um, so uh, yeah baths are pretty cool I like doing that I like I've got a guilty pleasure I like going to Poundland which is um, a shop in the UK that does lots of bargains and you can get these little shower caps for your feet that have got moisturizer in and sometimes if I've done one of my city breaks and I I like walking a half marathon around every place that I visit which is really mental but I still do it and so my feet can get a bit hot and tired at the end of the day so I'll get a yogurt from Tesco's or something from the supermarket put my feet in these little uh, shower caps and moisturize them while watching the telly uh, and that's that's that is a guilty pleasure not many people know that um, and there's another first I don't think anyone's ever told me that before <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I do quite a lot of that um yeah, um, hello, going away, weekend breaks, I do a lot of that. I get called pikey so much. It's, a, you know, a term for being a bit of a cheapskate. But I think, well, I'd rather shop around, find somewhere that's 30 quid a night to stay that's really nice and go away quite a bit and, you know, have a break from home. And then when you come back to home again, it feels special rather than taking yeah. it for granted. But you don't keep hemorrhaging a ton of cash just to have a change of scene. So mm. I do quite a lot of that. I go to Trivago a lot and find a lot of bargains on there um, mm. and stay somewhere so that's another thing that I do quite a lot of 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, lovely. I'm gonna have to send a, a little dodgy in the direction of uh, of those uh, feet shower things because she's uh, she's a Poundland fan as well. She's obviously not discovered them yet though. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. The co- the coconut water one is particularly invigorating. <laughs> I will tell her. (laughs) So tell us more about um, learning and improving yourself. You've said that you've done quite a lot of that in the past. I'm sure I don't think it's something you turn off, is it, as as somebody who's interested in that sort of thing. So what are you doing currently to to improve and learn? Oh, well, I'm putting all of my efforts into systemizing what I do. So I've spent quite a lot of time working out how how to automate things and how to look after a large group of people at once without dropping the quality. And it's that's just been ad hoc surfing, really, because there, there has been no time because I kind of lost two years looking after mum. So I'm, I'm feeling I need to catch up now. And that is my it's like breathing. I have to be doing that all the time. And so everything else has gone out of the way, apart from seeing an odd film or an odd weekend away, mm. if I'm honest. Um, so, so how are you approaching that other than through the automation tools we've already talked about? What, what's the sort of process? Um, because I, I, I'm actually ha- I'm sort of liking doing it, but I'm also hating doing it. You know, it's a bit <laughs> like it's like tidying up the garden. It's really grim digging over the soil. But when you sit and have a pina colada in your deck chair, you think, oh, that was worth it. So I'm just thinking the sooner the digging phase is out of the way, the sooner I can sit on the veranda with a pina colada. And that's how I'm managing it um the sooner it's done the sooner it's done yeah Uh, no Mm. secrets I'm afraid just grind (laughs) (laughs) what about um recommended resources aside from from that are there there any sort of books or podcasts or anything that you that you're listening to reading at the moment that you'd recommend um I tend to listen to music put music on to get me in the zone and then you can still be doing stuff while music is on so um I, I kind of do I don't really look to other people for advice anymore I look to my circle of close friends that sounds like you know there's only like four of them and I hate everybody else but I, I, I if I've got a problem with x I'll go and speak to somebody who knows about x I wasn't really good at asking for help when I was younger mm. and I would try and I'd go and find I think well I'll now I'll just go and talk to the person and pay for them to fix it or you know barter with them to fix it if that works for them or me or whatever um so I tend not to if you I'm I started to realize that when you're reading about doing stuff you're not actually doing it and I'm terrible at planning and reading and thinking what if rather than actually doing the thing so now I've just got a new role do the thing just stop researching things do things so uh, that's I guess that's another reason why I've not been looking elsewhere for for stuff to, to yeah because I know enough stuff I've been learning this stuff about running an online business for since 2007 probably if I don't know it now then Christ you're never going to know it so stop reading start doing <laughs> I'm yeah. worse I just buy the books I don't even read them <laughs> I do have a few of those upstairs yes the people oh you must read this it's about productivity and it's just they're in pristine condition not even a slight <laughs> crease on the spine <laughs> I think I think it's the thought that counts isn't it or is that yeah. for a different scenario <laughs> maybe yeah sometimes you know sometimes I buy the use of resources thinking well when I need to know that little bit somebody said that that bit of that book will be good for it so I've already got yeah. quite a lot of things that are going to solve the problems already so maybe I don't need to look for new stuff right <laughs> now yeah yeah 
Yeah, cool. So um, let's just finish off talking a bit about um, sort of routines and rituals. You, you've, you've already talked about your going to bed early and getting up early, and you sound like you have quite a sort of regular routine for the mornings. Is that something that, that you've purposely built in to make stuff happen? Yes. Uh, I've tried going to the gym later in the day, and I'm already – I've got a very short fuse. I'm like Basil Fawlty. I don't let on very much, but I'm always raging about idiots and situations, if I'm really honest, uh, but I keep it locked up. So anything, you know, later on in the day, there's more of those Basil Fawlty thoughts going on. So um, that's that's why I have to start early in the morning. And I tend to knock off work at about 4 o'clock because I'm pretty brain dead by then. Um, so everyone's going, oh, the webinar starts at 8 o'clock in the evening. I think, not for me, it doesn't – <laughs> or, well that's that gone isn't it um so that's that's another thing and I, I've tried Promodro and that's worked pretty well uh, but I find 25 minutes wasn't really long enough to crack the back of some important tasks sometimes you might need a couple of hours to do something or I'd mm. feel in the zone and then the phone's beeping at me going you need a break now and I'm like no I don't I need a hammer to hit you with that's all I need um so, <laughs> uh, but but I think, you know, planning stuff out on a Sunday, it's a bit grim planning stuff out on a Sunday because it makes me dread the week a bit thinking, oh, no, there's that needs doing. So sometimes I plan on a Monday morning, right, let's let's do the boring stuff first and the fun stuff later on in the week. Um, and that's mm. been that's been quite useful. Saying no has been quite useful and boundaries as well. Um, another thing I've done that another system I have put in place is I've got a bunch of standard responses because I also used to do a lot of hand wringing about, oh, I can't let that person down. They've sent me a private message on Facebook on Saturday. I must answer it now or I'll look like a heartless git, you know. And of course, you get very, <laughs> very burnt out doing that. So I've got a bunch of things in Google Drive now. So it's like, thanks for sending me this message. Here's a form where you can tell me about what you want to do and I'll speak to you on Monday. So I, I've got quite a lot of it's already proofread and everything, so I'm not sweating over that. I've already decided that that is a, a polite and controlled and measured response to somebody. Um, and, and that's been pretty useful as well. And I, I know quite a lot. I've shared that with a lot of people who've gone, oh, I do the hand wringing thing as well. I go, Quick, borrow this and, and make it how you want it to be. And that's been a pretty useful system as well, mm. for, especially like the tire kickers. And the, oh, I think I'm, I've been thinking about doing this for several years. Can I pick? No, you can't pick my brain about it because I've had my brain picked till there's nothing left by people who never did the work after I gave them the answer so see you on Monday if you can be bothered to fill out the seven question form um so that's that's been quite a useful thing it's quite a nice little screen if you can't fill out the form then you're probably not going to do the rest of the work you know yeah yeah no, that's that's a really really good one and uh Sonia, the more I listen to you being a similar age I keep thinking well I've said recently that whole thing about you know we always say about oh, if, if people could learn wisdom when they were young and um, the more the older I get, the more I wish we could teach it to the young. <laughs> and I could have known it 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's interesting how you end up becoming much more discerning through years of not being so and suffering the consequences. And eventually something sort of clicks, doesn't it? And you yeah, then sort of realise that there's a better way. Yeah, maybe I should stop doing that. <laughs> yes. I have a lot yeah. of those battle scars. So I think that's where the knowledge seeps in. You have so many battle scars from screwing up. Eventually, mm. the good ideas can can get through the surface of you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what about if things don't go right? If you have one of those days where it all just goes horribly pear-shaped, how do you deal with that? Uh, wine, uh, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Told you we were twins. <laughs> Uh, I try not to do that as much you know I try not to do that because it sort of undoes other good work that I'm doing like juicing or going to the gym so I, I have to stop doing that because it's just a bunch of empty calories if nothing else 
uh, and you still have the same problems the next day so that's not a very good one but yeah sometimes I'll do that um uh how else do I cope with a bad day um I just fix it you know if it's fixable I fix it if I can't fix it I think well you are where you are and move on so I'm quite dogmatic and black and white about stuff uh I try not to beat myself up because my standards, my standards are really high. So my idea of a bit crappy and corner cutting is way below. You know, I mean, it's way above what other people think is acceptable. So I try and remind myself of that as well. Mm. Um, you know, when I hand out stuff that I've made for free, people go, wow, this is better than what I've paid, you know, money for. I'm going, well, is that a good or a bad thing? Is it? I, I personally, I think it's bad that people are trying to flog horrible stuff, you yes. know, uh, but I suppose it is a compliment in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I you know, I try and remind myself of, you know, that it is actually probably a lot better. What I've done is probably a lot better than what I think it is. And yeah. I'm, I'm like everybody, I'm always my toughest critic. If I've impressed me, then blimey, it must be good, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Commercially, Victor Meldrew me was actually impressed with something I did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so on a day when you've finished that day, knowing that you've done um what you want to do so you've lived more which is where I talk about doing the things you want to do not the things that you feel you have to do or you should do what what does that day look like what have you done uh probably been with people um you know been with friends doing something nice and I would probably have done something cultural you know just like I don't watch dead end tv if I'm doing something in the day it would probably be an art gallery or a museum or a working farm or something goodness knows what but it would always be something constructive and, and mm. useful that I would have done with the day probably in eating and drinking something with a nice view uh, that would mm. probably involved I'm terrible for using food and drink as a reward and I have to remind myself that that is not a good idea but it is uh, quite a lot of fun uh, doing that kind of thing um yeah, yeah. and I probably have achieved something as well, you know, like going to a place I've never been to before or putting a new playlist on Spotify for a band I've never heard of before just for a little bit of the day. And then I'll go back to my old favourites. So it would be something new would have happened in in a day off or in a reward day, I think, mm -hmm. usually. Lovely. So it's been really good uh, talking to you. Uh, you've come up with some, as I said, some real unique um ideas and thoughts today um which is great um and uh some things certainly i'm going to go away and, and think about a bit more particularly i think that uh those um standard response for your boundaries yes. sort of things i think there's a really really good one to to pull pull out from there so thank you so much and um tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you um i'm on facebook my my profile is public these days so um you can I, I hate doing that i hate having a public profile but it is the way for people to get to know more about you and if you are who you are then maybe your profile should be public and not friends only um so you can find me there uh, colette mason and also uh, let's tell your story.com is my website where i've got uh, different ways i can help you and there's lots of free stuff on there so if you haven't got a budget um for your book you can still get uh, lots of useful advice just from from one place Lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All this information is available in the show notes on the website if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 81. And the tool that I shared last week is not really a tool. It was the Action for Happiness calendar. So whilst I was recording one of the new podcasts, uh, my guest recommended 
the calendar and I thought I'd um, have a closer look. I'd retweeted it earlier in the month having seen it, but I hadn't really looked at it that closely. And my guest was suggesting using it as a screensaver and I've now got it on my iPad Pro and it looks great. And I do actually, as I sort of click into my iPad in the mornings uh, or switch it on, I do often have a look at the calendar and see what it's telling me I should be doing. And I'm recording this on the 27th of October and it says today that I should ask myself will this still matter a year from now so this is um, the October calendar which is optimistic October Um, so uh, there'll be a new one in November and I'll download it and switch it over on my iPad uh, as well so it's um, it's working quite well for me now Um, so it's optimistic October as I said they've had different themes each month since the beginning of the year so you can pick one that you like or just go along with the one that they're using for that particular month Um, and if you go to their website as well I've seen I haven't used it but there is a link that enables you to download the calendar entries directly into your calendar so you can um, get add them so they pop up in your actual calendar app as opposed to just on a on an image so I thought that was quite cool so if you go to actionforhappiness.org forward slash optimistic hyphen October that'll take you through to the calendar And also, just to let you know, I have started uh, a new, uh, what I was calling a challenge. You might remember in September, I did the Avoiding Burnout and Fatigue Challenge. And I was never happy with the word challenge as I was going through the month, uh, but couldn't think of a better word for it. But I've come up with one now and I'm going to do another one in November. But I'm calling it this time 30 Days of Inspiration. And this time I was thinking about the fact that we're going into... Christmas into the festive period and how uh, stressful it can be for everybody. So I've decided to focus in November on 30 days of inspiration around how to create calm in your life and your work so that as you head into the festive season, things uh, perhaps will be less stressful for you because you'll be calm. (laughs) So if you're wanting to get involved with that, it's basically a weekly post, sorry, not a weekly at all, a daily post on my blog and I send you a daily email to link to it so that you can have a read and decide whether it's something that you want to try or not. Uh, As I say, the focus is really on inspiring you to do something differently each day of the month. It certainly shouldn't be onerous and you don't have to do everything. Obviously, you just choose the bits that really, uh, you know, uh, speak to you that you want to do something about. So if you're interested in finding out more, if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash creating calm, then you can find out more and sign up there. And then we'll be starting on the 1st of November. And just to remind you again, the show notes for this show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 81. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.